podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Only in the way, want it only on the day, want it only with the instant and every single day, want it only in the way, want it only on the day, you want it only with the instant and every single day, want it you, you. City with the way, but city in the way, want to city with safety, ever never in the best, and I'm city with the way, but city in the way, want to city with safety, ever never in the best, and I'm guide us through the end. It's the day trippers. Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing. The Italian Christmas donkey. La la la. La 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 la. La la la. Four games to save a season, some said. Two insipid draws later, and what hope remains for the campaign? The underwhelming nature of Saturday's nil-nil with Sunderland was lost in a romantic haze of heady excitement in the build-up to last night's demoralising result. As Liverpool exited the Champions League at the earliest stage, I don't know about you, but as we take a look forward to games against Manchester United and Arsenal, I think we just swear a lot and see if that helps. I'm Trev Downey, and joining me tonight in the chilly bunker are Andy Young, Paul Brennan, and Phil Casey. While on the line, we have Gunnar Ragnarsson, aka Cop Ice, on Twitter. Right, I suppose we better look back at the games that we've played recently. Um, the Sunderland draw seems like a distant and horrible memory. The Basel one, far more recent and far more horrible. We shouldn't really start anything without talking about the manager because it's quite the topic at the moment, but let's maybe save that to Trippers Chats. So, the European campaign, we finished 13 points off the group winners um, with a win and two draws from six games in a group where we were probably favourites to qualify in second place. Uh, personally speaking, it's as bad a campaign in Europe as I can recall as a Liverpool supporter. Um, Gunnar, your thoughts on what's gone wrong overall in this campaign? The worst thing about all, all of that is uh, when, the draw, when the draw was made, I, I thought to myself, the best scenario for us would get a team like Real Madrid because... They will win all the other games. So the second second place would just be a walk-in. Yeah. And 
Basil and Ludo Raskat or something. What the fuck their name is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that was everyone's reaction, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we expect Real Madrid to win all the other games, so the second place should be just a priority. It's just, just uh, about the about the game yesterday. It was just the selection of playing Lampard one up top. This I think it was the sixth game in 15 days, and in the last three or four games, he's looked. Blowing out of his ass the last third seat. Mm. We have no end game. And yeah. when we play Lambert one up top, we have to play one of Lalana or Coutinho on the pitch. And one thing I don't get, <laughs> we don't have to talk about Borini because, because he must be shacking his missus or something. Because <laughs> 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 Oh no, he, may be, he might be shacking his ex. I see, I like the way you're working this out live. It's good. <laughs> One thing I can't get is Emre Can. Why in the flying fuck is he not getting the game? What does uh, what does Emre Can not do that Joe Allen does? Yeah. Well, he does all the same things. Yeah. He can bring the ball forward. He can have a shot. He's more of a physical presence. So I'm not I'm not getting why he's not getting a fucking game. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I think that's fair enough. And Paul, just to bring it on um, to 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 the rest of you on that same thing, uh, Gunnar is focusing quite rightly on selection and maybe some dubious ones. Is that the massive issue with for you with the European campaign, or was it more tactical, or how, was there an attitudinal problem? How, what did you see? Um, I don't. Yeah, you can pick anything really. Yeah, the selections that like a lot of that has been confusing for months now. Mm. People have been saying like, why isn't such and such playing? And uh, completely, I agree. Work on it there. Like Emery Chan, like, for for like for someone who's played so well, whenever he's given a small chance to never get a run at all, yeah. it, like that absolutely baffles me. And when I think of all the best combinations that you could use in midfield for us between like the poor form of players and how. Well, Chan has played. He'd feature in probably all of them because mm. he's versatile as well. And I think, yeah, like Lambert up front. Up, I, I don't know what's going on with Barini, where how he's just like obviously he's I, like I, I'm not his biggest fan or anything, but he's fallen off the face of the earth. And like Lambert, who was signed as a third choice to play with Suarez or Sturridge, is now playing so many games up front on his own mm. with with like no with not too much mobility around the meter, like Gerrard up behind him as well. So. I think, I think, yeah, playing the one up top and the selection, the, the people that are being selected around that, it's just been a complete clusterfuck mm. in the Champions League. Uh, would you would you pretty much concur with that, Andy? Or do, you, do you think there was something specific to the tournament? What about Brendan's attitude towards it? How did you feel, for example, when he didn't play Jared that time in Madrid? I, I mentioned on a show recently, I think that might have created a little bit of an issue for him um, with the captain. Um, how, how do you mean? I think I think yeah, Jared needed to be rested, but I think that was a peculiar game to choose. Yeah, considering he, he up to that point he'd been kind of playing him every single minute you could possibly play him. Mm. Then it was just it was sort of out of blue. Now since then he's let them out of a couple of league games. It's kind of what we've wanted. Sure, it seems like Rogers has gone into this thing where fans are seeing something months before Rogers. Whereas I noticed when Rogers first came in. It it all like you know things started to make sense again. Like you know, Rafa used to do funny things, and Julia used to do funny things, and Hodgson used to do the maddest of things, and you know, and even Kenny. Like we were questioning some of his boys and how he, the teams he was selecting and how he wanted to approach games. But when Rogers came in, 
you know, sort of, he was doing what fans nearly were, were saying he should do. You know, it was it was what the gen- the consensus was. And all of a sudden now, over the last couple of months, he's just gone off the wall. Like, I mean, I, I, I can't even begin to go into this. There's so many team selections and so many tactical things and substitutions and the signings and all. It's like, it's like he's trying to do himself out of fucking job. I mean, oh, playing Enrique last night was just... Horrendous! I, I couldn't, could not get my head around that. It's a, yeah. a complete wasted sub <clears throat> when he brought Moreno on yeah, at yeah. halftime, and every single Liverpool fan is saying Moreno should be starting. Mm. So what? What? Like, what's the story? And I mean, I've been banging on about playing three, three quick enough fellas up up top. It was it was when Lambert went off and Markovic came on as Liverpool start actually threatening. Mm. It was just a three players kind of moving up top. Yeah. That's all it was. No, yeah, yeah. It's moving. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know what's going on and, and, and he's it's like he's being Rafa stubborn now. Yeah. And I, I don't know, he's one foot. He's one foot out the door. Well now. look, we will definitely talk about that at more length. But Phil, the, the, just to, to to finish off on this on this general idea, have you sensed any kind of bizarre attitudinal thing with Rogers towards this towards this uh, tournament? Have you noticed any kind of a pattern in terms of the way he's gone at it? Noticed that the pattern hasn't been good enough the way he's gone at it because mm. we got five points in a group yeah. that had like uh, minnows from Bulgaria, no matter what way you look at it, and, and a Basel team who look, they're, they're a professional, they, they stuck to their task well, and they did what they had to do to, to get out of the group. But ultimately, they got out of the group on seven points. Mm. So there's some groups where that won't even get you out of the group, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, no, he hasn't performed, but like. A lot of this, it, it's not just the, the Champions League. It's a pattern that's repeated over the course of the whole season. And I, I want to keep, because I know we'll talk about Rogers later on, but on the selections, it's got to the point now where I'm not even getting angry at the selections anymore. There was a, there was a point where it used to annoy me, the teams that he was mm, picking. You just shake your head now. Now I'm expecting yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, like I, I, I We heard the rumour team the day, <coughs> night beforehand, right? Mm. The, when the team was was named, I was the the thing was like this team can't get any worse. Like if, if anything, it's going to get better if 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 if, if it's slightly changed. Hmm. But then when you see Lovren's name and it, you went, oh well, actually it's gotten worse. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, it, it was the one thing that you're saying to yourself, it couldn't get worse. Oh yeah, it has. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To, to put it this way, even the Sunderland game, even that game, you know, the the, the non-use of the players that we've signed, whatever's going on is going on, right? Um, but they're not. We're, we're not. The problem that I see and the problem that you'll see an awful lot of fans will talk about and even last night, had you picked what the fans perce- perceived best 11 was, mm. seven of that team wouldn't have started last night. And that's how oh. bad, that's, 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 what, that's what we're talking about here. Mm. And it's not like it's a one-off. It's every week the team is named and every week like people are going mental over it. And that's why mm. I'm actually tired now of going mental over it. I just, like, I'm expecting it. I'm fully, mm. It doesn't even bother me anymore. It's, like, it's more, well, if we win, it's a bonus. And if we don't, sure, we might get a bit of hilarity out what goes on in the pitch. Like, <laughs> but sure, yeah. like, I, I'm so out of touch now. Of like, I always remember, like, you know, Rogers. You're kind of on top of what's happening. You kind of you yeah. see a, you see a change one week, and you say, "Well, that's because uh, Moreno's going to come back in, or whoever's going to come back." Well, last season you'd have Coutinho and Henderson coming in and out of the team, and that, and you'd know what's happening the next week. Mm. Now I'm lost. Mm. Like I thought Moreno didn't play three weeks ago was be. Because he was coming in next game, yeah, and now just you can't see any pattern. Just, yeah, okay, so he doesn't fancy him anymore. What? Yeah. How can you not? How mm. can you not think Moreno's? I actually understood what he was trying to set up the team to do because we talked about this on Sunday night on, on Marco's show, right? <laughs> and we said he would probably look to try be solid and win the game in the last twenty minutes, and mm. that's what I 
I, when, when I saw the team selection, that's immediately, that's what, came, that's what he's trying to do. Hmm. But then you look at the players and you're saying, They've never been. They've never been solid. Oh, so within, like, within a minute, we weren't. I, I know, and that's what I'm saying. It, that's that's where you get confused, and you start to go. But like, mm. if they haven't worked now for three managers, mm-hmm. why are they suddenly going to click on the biggest European night that we've had in four or five years? Yeah. You know I, what I mean. I, I think another problem is that he doesn't really get the kind of cause and effect when it comes to bad form and he keeps falling back on, especially get big games like that in the Champions League, on saying I have to play my most experienced team. That's why Johnson gets in every time. It's why it's why Skirtle is he'll never be in danger of losing his place. I don't think the way things are going. It's why Enrique was brought back in. But the Enrique thing is baffling. Enrique, I don't think Enrique had played in the Champions League ever, yeah. right up until this season. I don't know how many that's his one appearance in the Champions League, is it? I think so. And he's got and he played recently against Stoke, and that was that's yeah. About the height and of and it. that like your that's that's where your point falls down. I can see the idea and the logic of it, right? <laughs> well, he doesn't have Champions League experience, obviously, but yeah. he, he's obviously older and more experienced yeah. than Moreno. Yeah, yeah, and that's that. why I think he went in and obviously it backfired big stuff because Enrique yeah. he set up fucking yesterday. space cake. Sorry? He set up yesterday like he was playing an away game. Yeah. yeah. A, away yeah. game in, like, away to Juventus or some game. And Dave Hantrick made a really good point. You could take the whole bench from yesterday and put him straight into the first line lineup and the fans would actually... Like that more so. The seven players on the bench probably would have beaten the eleven in a match yeah. one on one. <laughs> but like, if you how, how how fucking diabolical is Brad Jones at training? <laughs> <laughs> it's a worry. How can he not get a game? Well, actually, that's He's that's a, that, that's a nice little segue you've done there. So I'll come to you first, now because I do want to look at the players and the performances specifically. And look, it, it would be it would be a little bit neg- negligent if we didn't look at Mignolet because he's been quite a focus of attention. As usual, he, he's pulled off a couple of good saves, um, but it gets to that kind of blah 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 stage where you just can't talk about them and keep out of your head the fact that he can't play with the ball at his feet. Can I say something? It's, this isn't rocket science. We know that. No, no, and, he, and even Rogers himself has said that they've tried to simplify his game mm. and make him go long more. Yeah, well, but unfortunately, the brief doesn't seem to get through to the lads who keep playing the ball back to him every five seconds. Yeah. So does, you know, either either the players have become so drummed into we play only short balls out from the back, right, <laughs> or they just aren't listening to the manager. And like you know, if you're looking at those players that are there, mm. what 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 do you think that is? Like uh, Mignolet gets gets raspers all the time. I didn't know. I don't think he put. He, he did anything wrong last. Like, there's, there's nothing that's standing out for me. The goal itself. Look, sometimes fellas hit strikes and they go into the bottom corner. and There's nothing you can do about any goalkeeper. I've seen the board's best goalkeeper stand there when when stuff has gone flying in the bottom corner. There, there is a there is a balance point Phil, to be made, and I know it's in your nature to defend keepers, and it's 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 admirable. But there is a balancing point to be made there when you talk about the defenders, and it's that he basically rolls the ball out to them when they should not be receiving the ball. Yes, they're shown for it, but they're shown for it in silly areas that they shouldn't be shown for. I get that. I understand that. And yes, they do use him too often as a back pass and give him fucking terrible back passes that he can't manage. But he does seem to contribute to it massively. And then when he does have the ball at his feet, he's kicking his fucking atrocious. Yeah, th- th- again, it's not it's not the rollout passes that again it's cause and effect. If you give a ball to a centre half and the midfielders that aren't providing uh, providing options, his only route is to go back to the keeper. Mignolet then has to make a decision: do I go short again or do I go long? Now, if you go by what Rogers has been saying recently. He's been telling Mignolet to go long in those instances, right? Mm. The problem you have, look, it's cause and effect. When he was going long yesterday, Lambert wasn't winning the header up top, 
right? There was one header in the first half that I can remember Lambert winning. And then when Lambert goes off, there's nobody to hit with a long ball as they go up. He has to go down the flanks to whoever's, whoever's out wide. So you, now you're into a situation... People are, 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 will crucify him for just kicking an aimless ball then when it's at him and it's, oh, it's giving it straight back to them. What are you meant to do? You've no target to hit at mm. that stage. So, if, if And we know his kicking isn't good enough to be... That's what compounds be, it. ...be direct in, in, That's in what long passes. It. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, look, we can, you can moan, you can give out, you can complain about the kicking all the time. The fact is, we didn't sign another goalkeeper. Mm. And are you going to play Brad Jones or are you going to play Mignolet in that game? Now, I would say, whatever about, however poor Mignolet has been this season, any time Jones has played, what he's done all right, any time he's got a run of games, he's fundamentally had terrible errors. And, you know, again, Mignolet pulls off saves towards the end that keeps us in the game when it's when it's one all. So you play to his strengths while he is your only option, your go-to option as a number Except one. we don't. Um, but they were shitting themselves at the back at very early on, you know. Uh, you don't set the team, when you have absolutely have to win, you don't set the team up to draw. You know what I mean? Which is what, mm. you know, your point was about maybe to try and keep it tight and win the game last 20. You do it the opposite way around, you attack the game, you you get a you know you get a, a lead and then you defend the lead just tighten up late on don't keep it tight at the start so the, the straight away the players are are clearly bricking it at the back and then they're rolling balls to each other and they're just their first touch is back to goal and then they're getting pressed and it's back to Mingalay and he cannot he has to take two touches to get it under control and it's just putting severe pressure and it's 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 just fundamental and and, and I'm not I do not disagree with any yeah. of those points and that's what, that's what I'm saying yeah. if the ball goes back to Mignolet Mignolet wants to hoof that like, it, 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 it's in his nature to want yeah. to hoof that as opposed to taking another touch and playing the short but he can't because he suddenly because the, the fellow who's up front who's meant to be the fella, the go-to bloke can't win yeah. a header because he's so exhausted at this stage from playing 150 games in 5 days mm. that he can't actually jump anymore yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When, when, when you're a big lad and, he, and Ricky's my age I, I know Ricky's older than you yeah. and he, he can't even like he couldn't run by the, by the time the, the game kicked off he mm. couldn't jump but within 20 minutes mm. yeah. <laughs> but so, psychologically at the back they destroyed now, late on in the game, when the shackles were off, there was a hell of a lot more freedom at the back. And, you know, Skirtle even went up top. But there was a lot more freedom and confidence when they were getting on the ball, they were charging down the pitch. And you could see, like, there was this, a bit of a spring in their step. Mm. They need to start games like that now. Don't be worrying about the mistakes. But The, the, the mistakes is- are coming when, you're, when, they're so, when they're trying to keep it so tight. So, I mean... Take the shackles off and let them let them just let them just not do their own thing, but play like play like they have been before with the ball at their feet. I mean, the only player that's ever had a bit of composure under Rogers at the back was Agar, and he's not there now. And there's two players in in the squad now, Moreno and Mykulo, that have it, and he won't play them. So if you're going to continue to kind of roll the ball out, play the right players at the back at least. Mm. And we know Sackles. Uh, Gunnar, I'm going to come to you on the, on, on, on the whole defence uh, to kind of finish this talk out. Um, Colo's injury obviously hurt us last night. I don't think anyone saw that coming. As Phil said, you were looking at the defence going, oh, Enrique, yeah, okay. And then, oh, Christ, Lovner as well. What did you make of the inclusion of Enrique um, and Lovren? Uh how, how did you feel that affected us? Is it, was it uh, simply like, as Andy said, it just added to the, to the general atmosphere of panic? Uh, to be fair to Colo, he's he's been our best best centre back the last three games. Yeah. He's been better than schedule. So uh, when I got the team the night before and I saw Lovren was coming in, I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> them two 
I heard you talked about on the pod last last week that if you're in the dressing room, you're hearing your team read read out, and it's Mania laying goal, brainless Instagram loving selfie, Enrique at left back, mm. you got John Glenson at right back, and two clowns at centre back. Stevie must be going, oh fuck's sake, it's just <laughs> Sacco. In my opinion, Sacco is our best centre back. If he's like 60-70% fit, he should start ahead of Lovren. Mm. Without a doubt. So, I don't know. It's, 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 Moreno should be starting the left-back. Enrique, Jamie Carragher said on Match of the Day, no, not Match of the Day, the Monday Night Football last season, after six months, he's just stopped trying to speak to Enrique because he didn't bother. He, just, he, just, he does not listen. He just does <laughs> yeah. his own thing. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't talk to him he just does his own thing so and the other thing I got to come in I know we're just talking about defense but on the whole Lampard thing okay if you play Lampard on top but we are Liverpool football club playing the most important game in the Champions League in the last five seasons and we have one striker one, no striker on the bench that's not acceptable if you don't fancy Borini put Jerome Sinclair or someone on the bench mm-hmm. there's some we need some for the striker yeah, I, I think I think that was I think that was a very popular uh, opinion as well. Paul, you want to come in there on Enrique and the boys? Yeah, I was just uh, like, was I down mental or was Lovren all right defensively? He like, was because I, I, I went, right. I I kind of laughed when I saw like because I didn't know that was an injury to Torre. Mm. <laughs> I just thought Lovren got his face back, and yeah. I was just like, you know, you know, you're just kind of like, what what is going on here? Yeah. And Enrique as well, like that's just a that was just an absolute weird inclusion I thought Lovren yeah. did okay during the match defensively like obviously yeah. on the ball he was, yeah, was the okay. usual kind of I think his eyes are bigger than his belly <laughs> you know, when, he sees it, when he sees a pass he thinks he can pass it not, but he can't like but more than that I thought he was alright like. yeah. I, I actually thought after 20 minutes or so that the, they just they just got on with it. and even Glenson who I despised like, do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I actually thought that was he put in 70 decent minutes the first 20 minutes were, were calamity stuff but I thought yeah, after yeah. that he put in 70 decent minutes on the pitch mm-hmm. and it's been a while since he actually looked like he gave a shit about a football match. Mm. How much of that goes down to pr- prospective employers in Europe? He's been far from a worse player in the last five, five six games. <coughs> you know, I think he's... <laughs> There's a the horse again. He, he, he's, he, he hasn't. Like he's, he's, he's grown into the team. Like, I mean... Uh, Andy, that's... I, I can't... I can't because... I, there's just so many things wrong with him. And like he just doesn't give a shit, and you know last last night he gave a shit, and you know you could see that he can still play football when he gives a shit. Unfortunately, mm. he just doesn't give a shit anymore for playing for Liverpool Football Club, and you can see in the interviews he's given, oh they're not interested. I'm not going to crawl today, and blah blah blah. Mm. But when he gave when when he actually when he actually bothered his whole like I seen him track back last night. I haven't seen that in two years. What do you think oh. of what did you think of Enrique in terms of his fitness and stuff like that? You had to listen. To, I was I was watching on Irish TV, so I had Mark Lawrence and talking about how he's put on a bit of timber, like like fucking hell. You know what I mean? Give it a rest. But he was kind of patently out of position all the time, wasn't he, Enrique? Mm. But look, it's Enrique. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but he gets it right fifty percent of the time. Fairness, usually. Oh. Yeah, and, and last night was one of the fifty percent. He didn't get it right. Yeah. He's if, nah, he's abysmal. Yeah, well, he certainly. Look, there's, there's, no, there's no, there's no logic to any of us here saying that Enrique should have been playing last night. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and Rogers admits it at half time. But the, thing, him off. And the, the, the key phrase is what Andy was saying there. It was a waste of a substitution mm. because, mm. It, like, yeah, he, as you say, he admits like it's it. been a season, a season of strange decisions from Rogers, and yeah. that one was up there. Like, what, that was really up Paul, there. Paul, what about strange decisions that worked out to to be quite brilliant and inspired? Martin Skirtle surely should start up front. <laughs> can, can you not United. keep that for the positives? What? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I'm done. I'm done. 
I've got no more negatives. We're on to the positives now. <laughs> I did all right, yeah. What you got? I got like. Uh, I don't know what I would have done if that Whistler had gone in oh, from the oh, tournament body. The best <laughs> goal that was Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, he did, he did okay. Like, he, he competed for the ball better than he does at the back. Like, <laughs> like he wanted to yeah. win it, whereas when it comes near him at the back, he's like, oh, fuck, the ball's coming at me. It's a oh, oh, my God. I have to say, I said to you, I was so excited when we went up front. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was, I was stupidly excited. I was like, I was getting giddy with excitement. I, I, I was like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. But did you not? Did you remember you... when he scored in the yeah, League yeah, Cup yeah. final? <laughs> but did you not piss yourself when he did that 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 six yard box slide? Like as if he was going to finish that. Hang, oh. on, hang on a se- hang on a second, right? And that's what that's what really got me excited. For the first time that we've ever had a big man up front. The big man attacked the front post. Balotelli, yeah. doesn't, Balotelli doesn't attack the front post. Lambert doesn't attack the front post. He's Carol, not even a striker. He knows that's what you're supposed to do. And he almost scores. That's a very difficult one for any, any striker, let alone centre-half. He was shy. Like, <laughs> I mean, he gets on to it. Fucking fair play to him. It was exactly what Liverpool needed at that stage of the game. And you wouldn't have got Balotelli to do it, or you wouldn't have got Lambert to do it if he was still in the pitch. So. I, I, I genuinely, I know it's mad. I know we come out to the United game. But if Roger named him up front, given everything that's gone on, right? <laughs> yeah, another crack. I would be fucking, I would actually be going, yeah, yeah okay, I can get with that. Fuck off, Phil. I can get with that. <laughs> he's faster than Lamppost. Yeah. Right? He's, he, you he's know. Better he, touch as well. He's, he, he's got it. He knows to run, attack the near post. All you have to do is say to him, hey, Martin, just keep running. Just get, get to Keep the attacking the get near the post ball, because yeah. the, most of our crosses always tend to reach the near post and never get to the far post. Well, if you watch United uh, against Southampton, their defence was all over the shop. Once it was pressure put, even yeah. a high ball or any, any little lobbers into the fucking box like <laughs> Scare could do serious damage <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the Scare up front yeah, yeah. Can't believe do you know he used to be a striker yeah he was he was Everyone a striker used to be a striker <laughs> used to be a striker <laughs> <laughs> I'm better on the ball than Carragher is you know used to be a striker as well yes he did yes he did yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah, key, yeah, yeah. Uh, well yeah I, I see where you're going with that being one of our positives alright because the only, only other positives I've got here are Henderson and Sterling with a question mark but it, it is a positive but, but we yeah but uh, uh, look he I, looked better than Robert Hute up front yeah there you go. Yeah. He looked better than another centre back up front. <laughs> <laughs> Markovic was God nearly a positive. Markovic was nearly positive. Let's talk about that. Was a positive. Close note to Skirtle before we get into the, before we get to you United love preview, this. Right? You love this. Topic. I, I'm genuinely yeah, like a kid yeah. at Christmas when I saw Skirtle go yeah. up front. Right? He reminded me of Paul Warhorst when all of a sudden Paul Warhorst became a centre forward. Warhorst. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that's a shout! Right I'm fucking telling you. I was thinking, oh my god, it's 1994 again, yeah. and there we go. It's the new Paul Warhorst, Martin Scar- Martin Warhorst. There's someone else did that as well. I can't think of the one. Um, let's talk about let's Gary Doherty. Gary Doherty, yeah, Gary yeah, Doherty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a centre forward that went back. Huh? And then went forward again. And then went forward yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, let's let's talk What's about Scarlett then, because you said he was a striker. <laughs> He's got you there. He's got the new Scarlet. Gary Darty. Scarlet's back. He's back where he belongs. <laughs> uh, right, let's let's talk about Lazar Markovic and let's talk about his, his very brief contribution. Now, um, he has gotten plenty of digs and swipes and stuff like that. But Gunnar, uh, let's not talk immediately about the incident that got him dismissed, but let's talk about his contribution, uh, the brief and all as it, as it was. What did you think of him when he came on? He looked lively, finally had some pace going forward, so he was trying things, getting up the flank. And mm. 
he should get. I know we're going to talk about United game later, but he should start against United. That if that defense is diabolical, and he starts him, maybe not on the flag, but as a vocal point, at the youth ranks of Partizan Belgrade, he played as a striker, all the way through the youth ranks. He played as a striker. So why not try him there? Yeah. If we don't fancy Borini, we cannot. You cannot play Lampard at Old Trafford. It's suicidal. So mm. play Lasa Markovic with Sterling up top. Just yeah. try it. Yeah. Jesus, can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Everyone, everyone wearing gimp gear. It's great. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, a bit of S and M, right? Okay. Was, no, and look, I've slurred Markovic on this, and for the first time last night was the first time I've saw the kid show something. And, I, yeah. and the one thing I've been saying here all the time that what had been missing for me was that spark that sort of something that makes you sit up and go Jesus there's something about mm. this fella right mm. and there was he, he looked do you remember when he came on against City in, in, in his first, mm. uh, first game in the yeah. Premiership yeah, and, yeah. and he was knocking players and he wasn't afraid of the physicality and the whole lot right and that disappeared yeah and then yeah. There, was, there was also that bit of arrogance when he was on the ball as well yeah. he, was, he was happy to take players on he wasn't yeah. just looking to, for the easy layoff and then go, go yeah, again more in and we're linking up very well yeah, yeah. but I, sure yeah. You know, remember I, we were kind of all saying it there that he was he was sort of trying not to give Rogers an, an excuse to drop him. Yeah, and now since he's been pre- that didn't really work out because yeah. he was just looked so ordinary and it wasn't it wasn't his type of game. But since he's been out of the team and now he's got back in the last couple of games and got a little few minutes here and there, he looks more like the player that I, I assume he mm. was at Benfica like that. Mm. We heard. Uh, yeah. Marco say, Marco say, yeah. and that we see on YouTube, and, <laughs> and that we all hope he is. I mean, the, sh- the shackles are off with the fella now, and, and he looks like he's saying, "Fuck is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take a few chances here." And I mean, he's a, he's an absolute now to ha- to start, yeah. has to start. But I thought, then, I thought the sending off was harsh as well. Just, just, just on, on a point, but like I could, yeah. see, I could see if the referee is looking at it and he thinks that he makes contact with the Oof. with the smack, right? Um, why he probably why he gave him the red card because it looks like he like he puts the arm out. Let's let's be honest about it. He's expecting the fella to be closer to him. It's dopey, and isn't it? the thing. And it's because stupid. he isn't, because he isn't, yeah. it then looks like he just throws the hand mm. back to hit him. So if your man is two yards closer to him, he doesn't get sent off because he hits him in the chest, and it's just a normal part of the, the actual game. Yeah. It was just unfortunate. And, and for a fella who actually come on and started doing well, I, I was disappointed to see him getting sent off. Mm. I thought a yellow card would have been a fair, but yeah. I can understand why the red was given, even if I don't agree with it. Yeah, yeah. no, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't a red, but in Europe, you just don't know what's really yeah. going to happen with something like that. It so was, it was a, a, it was a bad, bad it. decision for him to do what he did. He's supposed to have pace. He doesn't really need to be blocking. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just get, mm. just get on his toes and get away from the player. Don't know why he put his hand up and gave the referee a decision to make. So, a bit of ex- lack of experience there, you know. I know it's not right, and I sound like I can't say in it, but if if that is a red card, Fellaini should be sent off like sixty six times every game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Belgian mushroom. He's he's he's. <laughs> <all over. laughs> you saw the incidents against Southampton when he put his elbow in in his in his throat. Yeah, just yeah. before Van Persie was tackled down. Oh, Wanyama, he caught, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he does it every game. Well, Remember when Gerard elbowed him in the face last yeah. last season at Old Trafford? That was brilliant. I, uh, I'm sure we can deal with this in the preview. I we shall. <laughs> uh, Gunnar, talk to me about our um, our equivalent of, of Fellaini, our midfield enforcer, Joe Allen. Um, how did you feel? How did you feel, Joe? Did on the night? 
This is not going to be good, is it, Gunnar? <laughs> I simply don't get what I can do. What Joe Allen does last season, he was all right pressing with Hanzo and all, but this all you posted an article article from me when I talk about the diamond and how the diamond fits Liverpool. Hmm. He maybe fits in when we play the diamond because then we have Hanzo beside him and one other pressing ahead of him. So he in a midfield too is just. It doesn't work. He, he doesn't have physical presence. He passes the ball sideways. He can't shoot. He just gets the ball to A and puts it to B. I can do that. Emre mm. can offer so much more, but he's Sorocci's golden boy. And... Yeah, but what about that, Phil? But what about that idea that Gunnar raises there that it suits Alan when we have that, when we are playing that high tempo game that Andy was talking about that we should have started with. Um, but when we're not, he's possibly not as effective yeah it's 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 searching for a shape really at the moment isn't it because I, I think Alan's a bit lost in terms of in, in terms of how the midfield is being set up like you've got you had Lucas and you've Henderson there and if you look at it you could probably argue that there was some attempt at playing a diamond with Gerard at the tip of it and, and Henderson and Alan flanking Lucas but it didn't play out that way in, in, mm. in the actual match it actually ended up that Alan seemed to spend a lot of his time alongside Lucas and mm. Henderson was really pushed on on the right hand side and we were playing a form of 4 2 3 one and I think in that way, in that system, then it has to be Henderson alongside Lucas and say Lalana or Coutinho in the three because I don't think Alan, you know, I don't, I don't think Alan is as good in a two as Henderson is, and I don't think he brings anything to playing in the three behind the striker that Henderson can because, and that's what he, that's what Henderson was there to do. So I, I was a bit, yeah, I'm, I, look, I'm puzzled as to why. Emery Chan isn't getting a look in as as are anyone at this stage, especially in that system, because he naturally would fit. If you're not going to play Henderson there, then you play somebody who has all the skill sets and possibly even more dynamism, you know, in terms of on the ball than Henderson has, and that's Emery Chan. It's not Joe Allen, yeah. and I don't want to slaughter him because I think he brings something in a certain system, but I don't think that's the system. I don't think he fits that system. Yeah, uh, Andy, what about what about the captain? Um, um Phil touches on it there um, and his, the role that he played and certainly the role he was supposed to be starting to play. How do you feel he did overall on, on, the, on the balance of the match? We, we saw the goal and all the rest of it but overall, what do you think? Um, like late on he was, he, he was obviously an integral part. Like I think you, when you're pushing for a goal and you, when, when the Liverpool's tails are up and, and he's really you know scrapping and sprinting and putting his, putting his bollocks on the line, he, he's integral. You need him there and there's no way you'd have him off the pitch. Mm. But the early, you know, the first half, he he was horrendous. You know what I mean? Mm. It, obviously, Rogers has said to them, keep it tight or whatever. And then the halftime scene, he said to him, said to him, don't go out without a fight here. Mm. I mean, they should have been the words at the start and we should have seen, we should have seen a, a, a more up for a Gerrard. Like, I mean, he's regressed so much as a player, but also uh, as this presence, uh Mentally, like you know, and he's he just doesn't seem to be putting it in. In fact, the whole team embarrassed themselves in the first half, and uh, and Gerard is the captain, so he has to take full responsibility for the attitude while the team are on the pitch. Mm. He, you know, when the cameras were on him, he wasn't he wasn't roiling the team up. He wasn't shouting at them, telling them it's not good enough. Mm. We rolled so, over. We rolled so over. I think it was a, it was a pretty yeah. Well, no, second half they came out of blocks. Second half. It was when Markovic got sent off, it was just a kick in the stones. It would have taken any team a few minutes to start to get it going again. And it took 20 or whatever till the 70th minute. But the first half was just not good, good enough. And, and you, you know, we laid the blame there, a lot of it on, on Gerard and, and how he's been and, and his attitude. 
So yeah. I, I think, but once, j- j- once j- this, once he was, yeah. once Liverpool landed and uh, the shackles were up and, and the tails were look, up, look, he, he was brilliant. I've, I've, I've criticised Gerard loads, right? And, and he's, he's not a, he's never been a, a, a say a, a sacred horse for me, for, you know, in time, in time to what he is. A sacred horse. <laughs> <laughs> Have you just invented it? <laughs> <right? laughs> oh yes, the ancient Indian religion. Second horse chair. What's what's that, Mister Ed? <laughs> go on, go on, go on, go on. But, you know, from I've always thought that Gerard excelled in mayhem. Mm. And I thought last season, in the second half of the season, when we actively promoted mayhem on the pitch and played to our strengths, it was all pace, it was just manic. Mm. It was it was literally tried to, you know, just... Whether it was the first 20 minute starts where we just tore out of the blocks and teams couldn't deal with us, or in the last 20 minutes when we were able to tear them apart. Because his technique so ter- is so good. Yeah. yeah. And for me, when Gerard has had to be controlling or think about a game, like say, you know, the way Alonso does it naturally... Mm. He's always struggled for me in, 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 in those terms. Mm. And I think, you know, if you look at this season, it, it's been so much slower. There's been no mayhem on the pitch. Mm. And he's gone missing in so many games. And if you look at those 470 minutes, he isn't the presence at all. He doesn't factor in the game. As soon as we get into that last 20 minutes and it goes mental, right? Mm. All of a sudden, Steven Gerrard is a massive presence again on the pitch. And, you know, yeah. he, he's probing. He's, there's shots away. He was, got, he was in for the penalty. He scores the free kick. There's more about him. I think he revels in mayhem. I think, yeah. that, I think if you put as many, going back to Andy's point, if you put as many pacey players as we can have on the pitch and go for that dynamic, mad starts that mm. we used to do, Can't believe we didn't. you can carry one player. And if you're going yeah. to carry one player, Gerrard is the player I'm going to carry because yeah. he, will, he will revel in that. If you're doing that, you can play that deep role because yeah. teams are pressing him. They're not under pressure. Then he doesn't have to think and pass his way out, out from the and back. Because there's yeah. just yeah. mad magic going. Yeah. He can push on. Um, but like as you say, like Gerrard, Revels in the mayhem. He's an explosive player. Like yeah. his whole career is being based around moments. Yeah. And I mean, even when he came on late on against Sunderland, like you just say, you just it was exactly the player that you needed on the pitch because mm. when they were trying to get a you know a goal late on, yeah. he was he's head and tails above uh, everybody. Mm. You know, in terms of technique and skill, like he was the balls pinged into his chest, just killing it, spraying balls on the half volley and all that. There's no one else in the club that can do that sort of stuff. So, technically and everything else, there's no there's no there's no better player. But as you say, when it, when when the team are playing so slow and laboured, he's not use. And it but needs it, what that needs is a different type of player. That needs those really technical players that you see in Spain and Italy who who are used to that slower type of game, which is built on making one, creating one incredible chance. And it needs that sort of constant concentration, the constant focus, and knowing where the ball is going next, and that type of movement around. And Gerard isn't that type of player, and that's 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 not a, a criticism of him, but that's never been the type of player he is. So, that, and that's that's my take on on, on Gerard as such. So, the, like the the problem that Rogers has here is that he has like Gerard kind of earmarked as someone who has to play in the biggest games, has to play as much as possible mm. without kind of running him into the ground. But like for all this talk about you know. Like for all the Rogers talk about Jared adapting his game and all, his only really decent performances have been as a thirty-four-year-old version of his old self. You know when he is kind of pushed forward or forward. Like yeah, remember, he, like against uh, how was the oh, one of the teams who was so who, who <laughs> was it? That team. <laughs> West Brom West yeah. Brom remember that, that was the first time we kind of saw Jared this season remember he pushed forward into the 10 yeah. and everyone was clamouring mm. from the start up there and then there's a few more kind of like you know he was one of our best players you know towards the end of the game against Leicester 
like obviously Leicester went down to ten men, but they made him. It's made yeah, him. But and and then, yeah. but like mm. they, these are kind of special circumstances. Like Leicester gone down to ten men. Now Ger- Gerard did exploit them really well then, mm. but like it's it's not this kind of this passing that Rogers is keeps saying that Gerard can do, mm. and you know when it would like when basically when the shit hit the fan against Basel. And we started tanking everyone forward, like as the lads have said. That's when Jared said. That's when he comes into his own. And it's just the fact that Rogers keeps trying to shoehorn him into the team when mm. you know when we can't do this. Like, yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, let's look ahead to uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool. Um, Liverpool's away fixture on Sunday at Old Trafford is traditionally one of the least enjoyable matches of the season because of the absurd tension levels involved. And this week's tension quotient is going to be through the roof. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm getting quite tired of these must-win fixtures every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what could a victory here uh, mean for us, Gunnar, do you think? Is there is there the potential for a little bit of a season changer? It could be. It could be us first away last season. Yeah. Uh, pathetic draw against a team that had John O'Shea at centre-back last, last weekend at, at Anfield. So they hate us. We hate them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I win there. I, I said to myself before the Sunderland game, if you would have won that, they would have made three on the bounce. So a draw at Old Trafford would have been all right. Yeah. Not, just not to lose. But since we draw against Sunderland, a win there is a must. It, yeah, really, it really is a must. And it really, they're, they're seven points ahead of us now. If they win, they're ten points ahead of us. It's, mm. it's just too much. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, whereas reining them into four could be a massive thing if the if the differential yeah. went the other way. Do, yeah. do, do you you know just before, before I move on to the rest of the guys with this um, talk about the importance of the fixture? Do you see um, it briefly the potential there for a win for us? I mean, obviously not in current form, but just even class, grasping the straws, the fact that we're unbeaten in five or whatever is is, is there the potential there? If Rogers again goes back to his basics and show that he got balls like he got last season, yeah, we got we get Manquillo at right back, we get Moreno at left back, we get Colo Torre possibly in and throw Sacco in there with him. We put American in in the midfield with Henderson. We play Lucas deep again because he's our only defensive midfielder. We have Coutinho in the hole. I had Sterling just behind Markovic. That's pace. We got. Got good midfield that does not include the silly left backs. No lower than I, I suppose we start with Mignolet. And that team could get a result, but if we set a 4 2 3 1 with Lampert again, we will not even draw the game. We'll lose the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is it as simple as that, um, Paul? As simple as going to stay? Um, yeah, I think the one shine of light is how bad United's defence are. Like they've strung yeah. a few, a good few victories together now, but they're they're still a shambles at the back with the injuries. Well, and that's a that's a very very good thing. Rocco is back. It's a good news for us. He's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for like for all, the, I remember Smalling getting kind of pelters for his mistake against City. But like for, I've seen a lot of United fans saying that it's a big miss for them that he's out with an injury. Which is kind of saying it all about their back line at the moment. So yeah, that that's the one shining light where if we do put plenty of pace up there, we saw what um, Leicester did with them, did to them. You know, which yeah. which just kind of direct running and all. Mm. So if we if we can kind of keep it relatively tight and break properly, I think we do have a good, like a decent chance. It's it's not being uh, overly negative um, to say that you wouldn't fancy us though. <laughs> no, you, you, you probably wouldn't. That's the only thing is we have kind of we have tightened up a bit and we haven't lost in a while. We, we've kind of 
not stop the rot, but like the rot is kind of like it's it's not as bad as we've, it was. We've thrown a blanket because, over yeah, it. Yeah. Like, no, I, all we need to do is start scoring goals now. Yeah, yeah but well, yeah, basically, yeah. and what's like because uh, it's. Like it, it seems bad now we're out of the Champions League and we drew against Sunderland but I remember a few weeks ago waking up and seeing the team sheet against Crystal Palace and saying we're going to lose this game comfortably like that that sort of that, that is, that's, that's gone now I think like, you, know, you don't think like oh we're definitely going to lose now because yeah. he has addressed a few things Rogers. but yeah. the, the, that's the, yeah I, I don't think mentally we're ready for like I think if we go behind First, I think we'll lose. I yeah. don't like that's that's where we're at at the moment. I can't see us clawing something like that back. But if we can keep it tight, stay in the game, I think we can cause them problems. What about that, Andy? You you mentioned it yourself. Scoring goals is the thing to do. Um, how does Brendan uh, set up to achieve that end? Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly what uh, Gunner Gunner was saying. Sorry, I forgot your name. There. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's on an iPhone. I can't read. <laughs> um, that team around that was exactly exactly what I fucking do. Like I've been crying out for them to play a quick three up top, and now Markovic is playing into into my ideas and my what I do. Hmm. So I'd play him up top and and do exactly what you said across the back. Look, Rogers is. Rogers is fighting for his job now. Mm. We're out of the Champions League. He has to. He has to do something now. Mm. He's fighting for his fucking job, so he may as well, as he said in the second half at for a half time last night, go out with a fight. So the fans are going to have a hell of a lot more respect for him if the team turns up at Old Trafford and tries to blitz United. Yeah. Now, if you, if you, I think you have more respect for the team if they lose doing that than they do trying to sit back and do what we've been doing for weeks now. Mm. Just let the team express themselves. I know they, they're lacking in confidence, but just just, just open up and, and stop this shit of playing a, a man up top on his own, try and get players into the box. And I think with, with Coutinho on the pitch, Sterling, Markovic, with that United back four, yeah. you know, they are, they're, they're there for the taking. And they've been... They've been uh, Threatening to lose for weeks now. Agreed, agreed. But one of the few things yeah. that you've both mentioned that he's gotten right lately is some sort of increased solidity. Will he not shit the bed at the thoughts of throwing that away now and going for an all-out attack? Um, no, well, he just has a little... With, with Torre in there, it makes a massive difference because it's just a lot more organisation at the back-end communication. Like, mm. and just, just, it's just not as hectic. Mm. So, like, I think that if, with Lucas playing in that defensive midfield role and then the, the back four... Look, okay. I mean, uh, Jones has played okay, but I, I don't like the fella, mm. so I play Manquillo. But even if he did play Johnson, he's been part of a team that have kept a few clean sheets. I'd have Moreno straight back in. I'm sure he'd start. Mm. I mean, I'd, like, if he doesn't, I'm going to smash my fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just fucking. I mean, if you, imagine he played Johnson left back and then fucking. You know, you just, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wouldn't know mm. uh, what he do, or he change his shape. But just, just somewhere, I know, can't play. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't. He's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> but if he does these things, like I mean, he's not throwing anything. All out attack. I'm talking about when they have the ball. Mm. Just, just getting forward. Yeah, and not just sort of two and three touches and laboured and oh Jesus don't make that pass like and they were doing it a few times in the set in the first half last night where the pass was on and then it was gone yeah. so just fucking hit the pass when it was there like when Markovic came on he did that yeah. as soon as he got the ball lifted his head up and he did it Yeah. 
they do run against United. They're, they're fucking battered accounts. They're fucking <laughs> absolutely horrific. <laughs> That's, they're, they're, that's brilliant. Your expression is fantastic. <laughs> uh, United have been diabolical. The last, I know they've won five games no, in a row. but uh, They can't keep Arsenal, the ball. No, they can't keep the ball. The defence oh. is shambolic. The only difference between Liverpool and United at the moment it's is cold. they have a posh goalkeeper yeah. and they have a player who scores goals. Yeah. We, that's that's two big differences right I, there. It's the most Jippo yeah. five win five game win and run I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> oh. Probably hold they were kind of you know they were probably solid against them. They were comfortable against them, but Jesus, like the rest of it. Yeah, but that's just, that's whole. Yeah. That's like mm. Bruce goes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Three points, lads. Ben's over. They'd be, be, they'd be better off not turning up. Uh, Steve Bruce would be better off not turning up because he probably got a better result than when, when his team's torn up. If I was a manager of a football club, club and he Clean. was, and he, <laughs> not, if, I, if I was the chairman of a football club and he was a manager, I'd, I'd tell him to take a holiday and let the assistant manager take over for the United because <laughs> he's ridiculous against them. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, look, I think you remember we were talking about trying to get the balance between solidity and going forward. Yeah. And I think if you did play Emery John, like it, it's like he, he's the, someone who provides that. Like he, he can go forward without, but he can get back as well. Like he doesn't get caught up field mm. and he can, he can like he can play a destroyer role and he's good on the ball. And that's why that's where like I don't get this with Rogers, you know, that you won't play him. Yeah. Phil? Yeah, look, I, I, I'm trying to shoehorn everyone I want to see into the team, into the team, and have about 14 players at this stage. Yeah. yeah, if we can get 14 onto the pitch, we've definitely got a good chance. Mm. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, 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 look, I agree with the lads um, for most of what they said. Um, like I a total change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like. I think Lucas has played 90 million games. Like Lambert has, right? Yeah. And, you know, at this stage, I'd put Chan in. I, I think against United, we need to have plenty of, of power in our midfield mm-hmm. um, and as much physical strength as well because they're going to play elbows in there, right? Yeah. With the big Belgian mushroom head that he has. And, <laughs> you know, we need, if uh, Chan, Chan will just knock him over. Mm. Like he'll just, yeah, whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Interesting yeah, way. he'll just, just destroy him, basically, right? I'd have Henderson in there as well. Then it's, you know, then it's how do you want to say, look, I want Skirtle up top, so then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is a really serious preview I can see it, it. Yeah. so look the, the mo- one of the most positive things that's come out in the last two games is that Sterling is definitely refining form right and you know he has to he has to be put into not so much this this tree behind you want him to be in around the box right causing causing as much trouble not just tra- trapped on wings but being able to go through central as well and to do that like Andy says if we can get a, a mo- mobile two around Skirtle we'll definitely have a much better chance <laughs> 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 and then, and then, where do I say that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you know if if you have like if 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 you've if you've got Chan, you've got Henderson on the pitch, you can afford to have them as a two in front of the back four and play Gerard in you know up up in sort of almost a diamond up top, yeah. you know, to play. There's four there, Steve. You're not to come back. You're not to come back past your own halfway line. Your your part of the pitch is to play from the halfway line up, right? Mm-hmm. You're not in the forward line. But you're there to, to exploit when we can break or when we get on the ball. You're there to be able to play balls through to the likes of, say, Markovic or even Coutinho to get down the flanks or get, st- or get Sterling through 1v1s against the, the defence. And then, like, if he needs to whip balls in, he'll have Skirtle there to win the fucking headers in the box. <laughs> right, so we've got a very <laughs> realistic line Skirtle is definitely starting. We up are, top. I, I'm, I'm going to come around to lineups actually later on because we don't normally do that, but this is going to be so mental to hear what people come up with. We will do it. Um, look, I'm just looking at the... Sacred horse. The, it is. It's a sacred horse. I'm just looking at... at at, at uh, the United bench there from the the previous game. Now they start off with with, with you know Mata and Van Persie and Rooney, um, 
but they have on their bench there Mr. Falcao and they have Yanazai and they have Herrera to come off uh, the bench and uh, young Wilson and stuff like that. It's, you know, they, we can disparage them all we like and we can disparage their defence all we like. But Mr. Van Hal there has some players. Look, what, 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 they've got, they've spent a lot of money and they've got decent players because they had, they had the bones of a decent, decent squad, well, decent team before he went in there anyway, right? They spent an awful lot of money. They've got very, very good attacking players and very, as we know, in that league, very, very good attacking players wins matches. Even mm. if you've got a terrible defence, very good attacking players. And what they've also started to do now is what they did under Ferguson. Teams are now starting to fear just play them because they know that no matter how bad they're playing, they're still losing to them, right? So, you know, and, and that's, that's, a, that's what they lost under Moyes last season. Teams weren't afraid to go because yeah. they knew they'd have a great chance of beating them. Almost, it's, 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 our positions are completely reversed. Teams are not fearing coming to Anfield. Pe- yeah. Teams are not fearing us going to, going to them on, anymore. They reckon they can beat us. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, saw, we saw Basel yesterday. Yeah. They pressed us up high. Just, ah, Liverpool are taking. We were a man on Sterling. Pressed them high. Mm. And they're just... <laughs> Yeah, no, and 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 that to me is, is is the difference that's going on with this side at the moment. So look, you know, we go there. It's gonna be no matter what way we look at it. It's they're always tight games. This mm. is this is the, the the derby of England for want of a better word. Like, derby of England. Derby of England yeah. <laughs> but you know, and there's there's so much there's so much you know guff between the fans and the players know it's such a big game. It's been built up as a big game over the last twenty thirty years, regardless of where teams have been in the, in the actual league. And this is now a real. You talk about it's a must win, but for us, it's a must not lose. It's a must not lose. We cannot afford to lose this game for the simple fact we cannot afford to be 10 points behind them because then we're effectively 10 points behind third position, Hmm. right? Um, And we go to Arsenal. We win and we potentially can go above Arsenal heading into the Christmas period, into the Christmas fixtures. Hmm. And that's a huge, that's the huge differential that a win against these brings. Even at worst, you you draw against them, at worst you can still be within two points of Arsenal when you go to play Arsenal if you you turn over Arsenal in in, in the next game. So, So I like where this is going. Factor in the Europa League is another competition. Yeah. And there is still potential after the season. There's still potential to turn this season around despite everything that's going on, despite my own personal feelings, despite... There is still a lot that if we can just eke out two wins, two scaldy horrible wins out of our next two games, mm. we can put ourselves. You can say go. You can go to Christmas and say, Jesus, hang on a second. The league is so shit mm. that we still got a really good chance of making top three. Forget about top four. We still got a really good chance of making top three because yeah. we've closed the gap where we need to be at Christmas time, and that's the that's the the single most important factor going into these games into this game at the weekend. What we can if we lose though, it's such a big gap. It's ten points. It's a massive gap. And you haven't even got to halfway through the actual season. And it's like you, you're effectively then just fighting for fourth. And you don't want to be fighting for fourth. You want to ha- give yourself a chance to finish as high up the league as possible, excepting that City and Chelsea have gone now at this stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just get get as close as we can to third place. Because if you remember back to when we talked about all this way through last season, it was let's get toward forget for if you if if you finish one place off toward you finish fourth mm. if you finish one place off fourth you're not in the champions league mm. so that's why this weekend is so important and as you said put pace around skirtle put you know our most dynamic midfielders <laughs> in there put our, sake. put our pace out at full backs and the whole lot and, and exploit the gaps that they will leave at at the back exploit it do you know what i mean you know have 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 two midfielders who are capable of getting up and down the pitch being powerful and dynamic and covering when needs to be covered because that's what what Lucas has done. He's been an he, like he's done a job at defensive midfielder purely because 
He's had a bit of gumption to, you know, to go and fill in spots that are being left vacant when players have gone running up the pitch. Mm. And that's, that's all he's really brought. And, like, and that's not to put down what he's done because he, he's done pretty well in his games. But he hasn't, it's not like he's put in world class displays as a defensive midfielder. He was poor for the goal last night. The, you know, Skirtle, him, Lovren, they all passed the book. And it was one of these pass the book goals that goes on. But again, up until then, he done, he's done pretty well at filling in the spots that he's had to fill in. And I, I know it's harsh dropping him, but I just think in this game, we need to get as much pace and as much power into that team. And that's why I'd start Shannon Henderson instead of Alan and Lucas in this side. In this side, right. Well, look, we, we like I say, we will come back to lineups. And Gunnar, we've got yours already, but just talk to me briefly about um, what you think. You mentioned the weaknesses in the United defence. Just very, very briefly, what are they and how do we exploit them with the, with the players that you'd like to see in the team? If you stick, if you play, if you play Lucas O'Kan at DM and Henderson in the midfield and put, put Markovic, Coutinho, Lallana, Sterling, just pacey players up front. Yeah. We'll exploit them weaknesses. The Rojo is shite. I don't know if Smalling is fit, he's shite. <laughs> uh, McNair, he's a back nurse. Uh, their defense is as bad as us, so we just, we just, as I think Phil said the other day, the other, just keep, just go mental, go mental. Steve will feel it, everyone will go into it. Just, just go for it. Just fucking go for it. Go. We got nothing to lose. We have to win. Yeah, yeah. Go mental. I think is 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 a, is a catchphrase we can all get behind. Who is it that you would like to see Paul to finish this out here before we get predictions? Because we heard from line Andy, we heard from Gunnar. Yeah, line up boys, who would you like to see? <laughs> Minule and goal, obviously there's not much choice because El Brad isn't the mate last year. might need me like. Yeah, I'd go with uh, Moreno and Manquillo at fullback and then I'd put Sacco straight back in and then uh, then it's between probably Torre and Lovren. And are Sacco uh, and Torre options? Uh, for the weekend, Sacco, if they're, both, if they're yeah. both fit yeah okay. definitely go ahead okay, uh, right, I, I, I've been saying for a while that Sacco is our best defender I'd put him straight back in especially with how bad we were playing up to about a month ago at the back when we were just throwing goals away sound and, okay uh, so you're midfield like, Torres I think has played himself into the team so midfield I dropped Jared. that's never going to happen he's not going to do that against United mm. I'd play Lucas as the defensive midfielder and Coutinho as the most advanced midfielder mm. and Chan kind of bridging the gap in between them getting forward and back then up front for the, the front three I would go Sterling on the left Markovic through the middle and Henderson on the right okay and like I, try, I try and kind of break quickly with Henderson you know they, like obviously he's not a big driller with the ball but off the ball like he eats up space if you can if you can release him quickly hmm. so him and Sterling on the flanks and I just uh, kind of wild card just give Markovic a go through yeah. the middle because because yeah. of how how kind of well like Lambert I don't want to go too hard on Lambert because like he wasn't brought in as someone who was supposed to play seven games. No, no, but so. just just we're, yeah, we were looking at our, our optimal team. Couple of games, so. Okay, well if Let's we play that one, sorry, one go, thing. Yeah, go ahead. If if he's going to stick to his four two three one and get obsessed with that, mm-hmm. you can stick Borini white right. He could take it to a couch. He, he's always working, never gives up. So yeah. he can lump. He lumped the forward against Swansea when Balotelli scored. Yeah, and in the League Cup final last season, when he got on from the right mm. and took on company and scored, yeah. he can play there. Yeah, he yeah. has a up pace. You just have to be in the squad first. Gunnar, get us going yeah. with, with, with predictions. What do you think? Six nil to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we've got another Casey no, here. Uh, what do you think? One one. One one. Okay, Paul. I'd probably go with something similar to that. 2-1 to Liverpool fuck it go on 2-1 to, to Liverpool Andy what are you thinking right well I'll tell you what I'm thinking 
the old fans a response. Yeah, you know, big time between Rogers and the team and everything else. The older fans are a major, major response. There's no better game now than go going to Old Trafford and, and beating them. Okay, just to lift the fans and lift every lift everything around. So I think. I think he will go a little bit more attacking. I don't. I think it's too late now to be plodding along through the season and the Champions League gone and everything. So I think he will. He will drop Lambert, and then he's no choice but to play three kind of tricky players up top. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play anyone through the middle when yeah. you play three up top because they're going to mix it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're going to defend with like they're going to have a six man mid midfield defending. But when they break forward, it's whoever goes fucking up top first is up top. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you, you attack fly striker. So I think if they, <laughs> if they if they do this, which which I think they're going to try and play like they did in the last twenty minutes last night, I think they're going to three 0 em- emphatic table banging three 0 Liverpool win. Uh, it's too miserable to say anything else, but agree with that. So I'm going to go for a Liverpool win as well, Phil. If we start skirting up top, we'll win. It's that simple. Yep. Yeah, I fancy skirting to get two, and then. Markovic to get one. Perfect. And Gerard to get one. Perfect. And Chan to get one. <laughs> or just one of them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Markovic is definitely going to score. So and Gerard's four, definitely going to get a penalty. <laughs> four nil to get away. Yeah. <laughs> and we're done. Just, just, we're, just for luck. Because yeah. <laughs> it's been working so well this year. Yeah, I was just going to say as well, we're keeping that going. Okay, we win then. Yeah. Four nil. Four nil. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> topic that we can't really avoid and that's one that's been in the papers on a regular basis recently and that's the the potential future of our manager and whether you think it's nonsense or whether you um, are fully behind him or whether you want him out immediately um, and on fire it doesn't really matter because we have to talk about it because uh, it's even been um, some of our of our listeners have, have, have uh, put in questions about this as well we have Dev there asking uh, maybe to talk about Fabio Capello as a possible replacement. Now, before we get into any specifics, where do we stand as a group on this idea of Rogers' uh, position and how safe or otherwise it is? Do you want to get a start on this, Phil, as a man who's had an opinion on it? Yeah, I, I don't think it, it should be where does the group stand on it because it's it's a very individual thing for, for people. Like my, my position is I would not mind seeing him sacked at this point in time. And like that's just my own opinion. Um, I had question marks over him in the fourth season, but the same question marks over selection and teams in the first half of last season. Um, we had half a season where he seemed to be doing absolutely everything right, and of course everyone was was, was behind him. Um, and then we're back to the same position we were, you know, for almost now one and a half years of his tenure for another half a year. So if if you take it as two and a half years, for two years people have been questioning what he's doing with the actual team. I can get the argument, I can get all the arguments for being behind him and, and all the stuff that's going on. I can fully accept that, right? But that, my own personal position is I would not be sorry, I would not be unhappy to see him sacked at this point. In Even time. at this point of the season? Yeah. Okay. Okay, now take that to its logical conclusion before we go and get <coughs> some contrasting opinion. Um, who comes in at this stage of the season? Well, I think, see, it's <laughs> the difficulty with this is that, you know, it's not just a case of who comes in. There has to be a plan in place. If they decide to remove him at this point in time, there has to be a plan. You're either confident that you can get who you want to come in full-time and it has to be under the system that you want to get set up in the whole lot. Or you get an interim and you actually get an interim. You don't bottle it. So if the interim manager does well for six months, he only lasts six months because that's the plan. You follow your plan through like to the logical conclusion. The problem that FSG has, has had ever, ever since they come in is the plan has continually changed when they've set out that they're going to do something, it's changed to something else. 
Like with, with Kenny, who was always an interim appointment, that then became a full-time appointment because he did so well. Then when it doesn't go so well, they, Kenny's removed and then we're all told there's a sporting director coming in, it'll be part of a European-style setup, etc., etc. That gets binned because Rogers won't take the job, right? At some point, and this is where we're, we're lacking the leadership in terms of the football end of the club, there has to be a, a, a long-term plan. And I'm not talking about five-year plans or whatever. I'm talking about a succession plan. So you need, you're not just appointing a manager, you're appointing a sporting director. Whether he stays or not, we need to appoint a sporting director in the club because the, 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 the recruitment bit is all over the shop and needs to be sorted out. And then whoever is there, if it's Rogers, Rogers has to accept the supremacy of the sporting director in terms of all things football at the club. And I don't think he will. I think he, he, he's on record. And if he does, it's a, massive, it's a massive comeback from what he said previously in the press. And two, the sporting director has to be there for a long term. So the appointment for, of a sporting director has to be 100% on. There's no point going and getting a Comley who, who was a, a good scout, but he wasn't, uh, had no experience as a sporting director. And because there's no history of sporting directors in an English sense in the thing, they are going to have to go abroad and bring one in as well, right? So there's a number of new moving parts. All of them need to be solved in the, in the next six, seven months. It, they need to be put in place and ready for the summer and ready to go for the summer. So whether you keep Rogers or sack him, whatever your personal opinion is, this needs to be now. It's not a root and branch, you know, start again, but it has to be a fundamental change to what's going on at the club at this moment in time. And that's why I've no issues if he was to go. I just have question marks over him as a manager and what and, and what his actual level is as a manager. And I know some people can fall on the sides of saying, well, actually, look, he's done so much that we should be behind him and we should give him a chance. Well, let's give someone else a chance to yeah. do that. But just to be clear and just to clarify what you're saying there is, what, irrespective of his future, it's only an aspect of massive change that has to happen. Yes. Okay. Um, Paul, where would you stand on, on, on Rogers um, going forward as, as the Liverpool manager? Yeah, I'd definitely give him a chance to turn things around. I yeah. think, like, uh, about, you know, a month and a half ago, I was really kind of, this is crunch time for me. He has to start, you know, showing signs that he, he realises that there's a few things wrong yeah. and he has to change. I think he has kind of, I think he has made us more solid. And going going forward, he does have to change things up. Now he has to get start getting back to you know the good attacking football because that that's the type of manager he is. This isn't kind of sustainable. This kind of setting up to you know keep it tight and all mm. all the time. He needs to incorporate that more into his style. So, but I, I definitely think like I know people keep saying like, people keep writing it off as oh no that was last season. But like you do have to kind of say he he did really well last season. So he's obviously not this kind of fraud that people are trying to make him out to be yeah. so you have to like. I think if someone does that for us last season and we can't give him any time who would you give time to Like, you, I think you just become spurs then into mm. oh that's a bad few months we're going to get rid of you mm. and I could see I could see a month ago like Jesus if this keeps up like he's just lost the plot like but like so where like you, you can't keep backing him blindly but I think he has improved things a little bit he did like obviously the recruitment, as Phil said, the recruitment has been balls of big style. Because mm. yeah, um, like if you look at the lineup in such a crunch match yesterday, they, to be, to have that fella Lambert up front, who was you know signed as you know a kind of a bit part player, and he became like our, our first choice striker. <laughs> like even if Balotelli was fit, you could probably say Lambert earned his place ahead of him, and Balotelli was the big the big kind of signing up front. So it, that's just all through the team. There's, there's, you know, kind of rumours about he's getting political with who he plays. Like, that could be why Chan isn't playing. Mm. Like, Chan could be one of these kind of committee boys where Roger says, well, fuck you, I'm not going to play him. Yeah. He's not someone that I rate or whatever. So, yeah, I agree with Phil that that seriously needs to be sorted out. But I definitely think Rogers deserves a chance to keep kind of turning it around. 
Okay. Um, Andy, to kind of cast in vote, we've got we've got one for and one, one against. Where would you go? No, I wouldn't sack him now at, at all. When I spoke about this a few weeks ago, I was talking about if they go out of the Champions League and if come January, February, they're still kind of struggling down the bottom of the table, then you have to kind of make a decision <clears throat> that you're going to look for a new manager. Yeah. And let him play out the rest of the season, fight, fight away for his job if he can, but actively looking for a manager. And, and if they do replace him, it has to be somebody coming in with, with credentials, with, with trophies all over the shop. So shouts be. like AVB are nonsense. <sighs> Seriously? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, like it would have to be, it would have to be the Atletico manager, Dortmund manager, something like that. You know, it has to be, it has to be someone who, who, who's young and has a big, big future in this game and who's, who's done things on limited resources because that's the way FSG are going. Um, so now, not, not immediately anyway, but look, the fella's fighting for his job now. I think like they, he's already won foot out of the door, uh, with the Champions League. Um, now, now he has a chance to, to kind of recover the season. Mm. And it starts this weekend, so give them definitely give them to the rest of the season. But at that, at that you know, you know what FSG are like. They're going to be assessing him constantly on his values and his his every everything he can offer. So they they there's no sure thing. They're on top of things, and if they might even have their mind made up. Like I wouldn't be one bit surprised if it broke tomorrow. Yeah, that they're sacking him. You know, yeah. that the kind of kind of people they are. But if, if it was me, no, he definitely has to play out the rest of the season unless unless he walks, of course. Mm. Because if he, if they if they keep drawing and they start dropping more points and they lose and then they have a di- bad Christmas and Sturridge doesn't come back straight away in January all four uh, all um, cylinders fine foreign you know he's going to be in big 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 trouble yeah so that's that's where I'm at it I mean not not immediately but uh, <coughs> I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too sad to see him go at the end of the season. Well, you're you're, you're saying you're saying um, you know, there's no sure thing that FC are all over it, and probably they are, and they have shown <laughs> themselves to be shooting many ways. But what if it is, as Phil is saying, they're still really learning the 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 the, the, the business of football. They're what, learning. What, what if they're making the wrong decisions while they're busy being They can't talk about having advisors and this yeah. that and the other. Like I I don't. Yeah, of course they're learning. Sure, Rogers is learning <clears throat> himself. I mean. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of things you can make excuses for and there's a hell of a lot of things you can't make excuses for. You could say he's not, it's his first time in the Champions League. But look, it's still a game of football. It's still five points from from six games. Like, you know, that's horrific no matter what league or no matter what standard you're playing at. They played against two teams who were poorer than them and and the team was far superior and they've ended up touring the group with 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 five measly points. It's, it's, It's really bad. Like you could say, say they had seven or eight points and they didn't make it. Then you know, okay, fair enough. You know, they gave it a bash yep. and they didn't. They didn't make it. But see, I, I, I can, I can understand. And as I said, that's what I said. At the start. I can understand keeping him. Hmm. Right, like again, it comes down to how strongly you feel about whether you think he can turn it around or not. And that's where I'm. I don't think he can turn it around. Okay. Okay. And that's that's where where it, where it sits in because I think the mistakes that he's making he compounds by repeating them. He doesn't seem to be learning from the mistakes, and if anything, they get more. And the more the pressures come on, the bigger the mistakes have have become. So you know, going into such a big match at the weekend, I'm hoping and like you go, you, I don't want to see him lose. I don't want I, like I don't want to see him sacked. Right. I want to see him succeed. I would rather look like a mug saying I want to see him sacked now and him go on and have a brilliant second half of the season. And we of course, do really yeah. well, right? Yeah. But like at the same time. Winning games will prevent him from getting sacked. Winning games will keep him in, 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 in his job, right? Yeah. But there's such a dysfunctional thing going on at the club whereby 
you know, we seem to sign a lot of players and he seems to lose complete trust in them so quickly by November every single season. And players become so marginalised so quickly and they never have a, there's never a way back. Never a way back. Like, do you know what I mean? Even Skirt, when, when Skirt was mar- marginalised, he was back in the side before, the, before November came around. Mm. Um, and he's been there ever since. Mm. So you either come back very quickly or you're gone. And it's like, it's like he doesn't trust the committee signings. Okay? And it's like, where, where I'm talking about pure committee signings, where they're saying, well, this, this fellow's got the, the potential, and he's got the attributes he need where he wouldn't have seen the, them play. And it's like the committee do not trust his ability to identify targets. So does, we'll throw him the odd bone by letting him sign a couple of players, right? But we're going to sign the majority of the players that we choose, okay? And then Rogers kicks back by saying, well, yeah, well, I'm proving here. These lads aren't good enough, so I'm going to play the, the, the fellas that I trust. But that's a dysfunctional relationship. Even without a sporting director, a club will not be successful if, that's the way, if, if that is what's going on behind the scenes. Because there'll always be that sort of friction going on between the two. And what you need in any type of committee setup is that you, you accept what's, what's happened and then you make the best of what you get. Okay? And if you look at any of the foreign coaches where they don't have as much or active hand part in, in, the, in, in the recruitment of players, they'll identify the places they need, the sporting director goes away and identifies, they, put, they then use those players. And if those players are so abjectly poor, they can go and have a, a constructive conversation with the sporting director who will then lead to them being replaced. And it's a natural flow. What you can't have is you can't have, and the, the thing that's tired me out was, I'm tired of politics in the club. It's, it's like going back to Rafa and, and Hicks and Gillette. Mm. We had all that. Hodgson was there. We had it all when FSG came in and Hodgson, we just wanted it, you know, we wanted rid of the loon. You know, he, he was awful. Then when Kenny comes in, there was, again, there's still friction there because Kenny really wasn't the man that they wanted. They wanted to bring in their young old manager, but they also wanted to bring in a sporting director. They wanted to have uh, that, that set up in the club. But then they, it's, it's going back to what I said then they break that up to put Rodgers in and now there's that in t- sort of natural friction is there because there isn't just one proper football and figurehead at the club so if you accept that Rodgers is the manager in the sense that he wants to be then you can't have the committee you have to back the manager's judgement over all targets as opposed to one or two targets mm. okay and if that isn't the system you want then you need a sporting director and you need to let the manager know well actually Look, you can identify the positions you want to strengthen, but the sporting director will decide who stays and who goes at this club hmm. and, and, and who comes in. Frankly, if that is anything approaching the reality of the relationship that exists at the club, it's pretty scary. Yeah, it? but from the, from but the, it's, it's hard to form that such, such an opinion when none of us really actually know what's going on. No, but no none of us actually know what this whole committee thing, how it's working. We don't know whether Rogers is like there with them a lot, speaking... The, how the communication, the relationship between how many of them there even is. I mean, what, what do we actually fucking know? We just, all we, we're basing it around is rumour and what's and hearsay. The, and the, I'm not basing it on rumour hearsay. I'm basing it on actions that have happened over the course of his tenure. So it's yeah. like, it's, it always seems to, instead of older players going out the door, right? It always seems to be the fellas that they recruited, that they brought in, are nearly straight back out the door. Yeah. And they're always the players that, they always seem to be the players that we didn't really know about in the first instance that look like committee boys. I'm, I'm just giving you mm. an opinion from a fan looking at what's going on. There seems to be a natural disconnect between some of the recruitment that's being made and some of the other recruitment that's being made. And when that happens, you, you can, and it could be wrong, but like it just feels that you can, you can almost identify, right, that looks like his type of signing. 
because he retains trust in them no matter what. Whereas there seems to be players that he's easily ready to park. And Barini seems to be the exception to that rule, as in you would associate. I don't, I don't know. If you look at sorry for cutting across, no, go go ahead, but if you look at Moreno, like I mean, Rogers actively and vocally chased that player for ages. I mean, but he, he hasn't marginalised him. Well, he's playing a lot of games. Play, ah, come on, Enrique's he's playing. Johnson's though, really, playing ahead of him, left foot. Listen, you go, go, go look at the amount if of you games. You go after a player all summer, and you eventually and get he, him, and, and he, you pay the premium. Yeah, surely you're gonna. It's but, gonna be. But Andy, all I'm saying is that Moreno has. If you look at, compare him to Chan. Yeah, there's a vast difference. Compare yeah, you've, you've won spot I would say three in midfield really but, but, all season. But compare, that, and com- one of them is Gerard. But, Gerard. But, but, but compare him then. As well, but really, when when he wanted to solidify things up, he brought Lucas in instead of bringing Chan in when he could have brought Chan in. When he's when when Gerard has played ninety percent of the games that we've played this season, a thirty-four year old who you're asking him to play three different roles to try fit him into the team and not build a team. Like, when you look at the players we have, there isn't one selection he's he's made that you would say that's our strongest team, mm. with the exception of Spores at the time. Mm. But you, there's there's not one that I can say, yeah, nailed on. That's what you want to see out on the pitch. Yeah. Right, well, that's just basically a big ball of uncertainty, isn't it? Which yeah. is, but that's that, think, that's how everyone feels. I, I yeah. think we're all. I mean, I think we're all sort of just totally, um, it's confused on what's going on. Like, I mean, if you apply logic to anything, that like you know, there, there just seems to me that there's something going on in the background. There's there's something that just hasn't come out. Um, but that and, and that's my point. If uh, there is, that would explain an awful do, do you lot. You see the, the bit that you're saying about confused. Yeah. If you if you can see. A, the structure at, at a club which you can see at so many clubs you, if you look at City you know who's 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 in charge of the club you know what Pellegrini do, brings as a manager you look at Chelsea you know that they have uh, your man Michael Amanalo yeah. doing the recruitment you know where Marino fits into the whole thing what we're looking at is and and you, this is the essence of, of the way fans feel at the moment we're confused because this is a structure that hasn't been seen at mm. any other club it, it exists alright but the manager is either preeminent over everything and makes the, the first and final decision as to what's going on or he's part of a, a part of a structure where he's not the the, la, the, the first and last voice that, that that's happening and what we don't know that he seems to be partly first voice partly last voice yeah. and there's that and that's where the confusion drops in and that's where mm. every one of us looking it's, it's exactly what you said we don't know what's going on but every one of us looking in says well that doesn't seem to be working at all well he should look he should, I don't know he shouldn't be conflicting with it at this stage I mean he did accept that on his contract mm. and they were the terms that he come into the job. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So he sat down and negotiated all this. You can't turn around in three months' time and say, uh, actually, now I'm not going to play these players who are given to me. I, agree. I was part of this. But he, he wouldn't necessarily, I'm not going to play them. He'd just make the decision. He doesn't have to tell anyone. He just makes the decision and he can back his decision by saying, I'm going for experience and I want solidity, etc., etc., etc. What I'm saying. And, and look, but Listen, we don't know what's going on really, but if... if if they can apply logic to it, if in the background on on the board and everything, they can say, well, the only reason he's not playing Can or Moreno or whoever, you know, where we're so baffled with it, is because of us and because of our relationship with him. It's gonna be obvious because mm. it's the only fucking reason it can be. Um, Andy, a, a really really important decision um, that we would potentially need to make. Uh, comes in from ATW and he's wondering if there were two stakes available for £7 at Asda, um, would it be a deal or no deal? I suppose it's about €10. Euro. What do you reckon, Andy? Two stakes? Uh, they're obviously fucking souls off shoes. I was, <laughs> <laughs> was going to say. I'm not say. even like, nice shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like, 
they're, you know them shoes where in the in between as he swaps with the tramp with the <laughs> <laughs> it's them shoes so two tramp souls pissy stage. shoes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so no was the answer uh, would you would you buy him Paul if you if you were offered I, I have frugal moments I'd probably go for it <laughs> yeah, depends what day of the week it is would you not be worried about the quality there of the L <laughs> Yeah, like obviously, yeah, that's that's kind of that's, that, that's the trade off. Yeah, but I'd, I'd probably take a chance on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, they they they're doing deals like that. They're buying in loads, and they've they've saw some cheap shit. Me, like, <laughs> I mean, you can get you can grab a bargain. What I used to do uh, in, a, in a particular Tesco shop in <laughs> was, uh, do you know the way um, you fiddle the till? They 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 have a section where all the stuff that's going out of date that day. Yeah, yeah, comes yeah. In, so of course. You'd often see the staff rotating the stock, so yeah. they put the stuff that's going to go out of date next week at the back, and then people take from the front and all yeah. that. So what I used to do was reverse it. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So they'd find a fillet steak or two at the back that's going out of date, and it always end up in a pile because I'm in the same Tesco every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting me fillet steak for months, like you know, for two two euro. <laughs> fucking mastermind criminal mastermind that's, that's, that's genius that is wonderful now there Mr. ATW now you've got to, now you've got to forget £7 for two steaks yeah, so you can get Philip's steak yeah. listen Andy um, Phil I've got I've got a hypothetical for you uh, this is Finney and he says the male orb spider has a detachable penis <laughs> which allows it to escape the female who tends to eat him after sex so the question that Finney's asking is would you rather lose your lad or as he says, shoot the load and then get eaten. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's an interesting dilemma. It is, isn't it? That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. You know? Do you want to live without your lad or go out yeah. having yeah. used it vigorously? Yeah. What do you think? Well, it depends on how good looking the female spider was at yeah. the time. Because, yeah. you know, if she was slightly bigger and hairy, like you just, you know, it wouldn't be worth it, would no, it? No, I'm not familiar with female orb spiders. No, so no, I couldn't no. read. I couldn't read. But it wouldn't be worth it either. You wouldn't really go near it, would you? Obviously, we're dealing with a good looking spider. If you if you have made it, okay. well, if you've gone in and said, well, I'm going to either lose my lad here or I'm going to shoot Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's okay. obviously a decent looking spider. So why, why are you going in? Like, why, why do we not know whether we're, which one? Does this, it, this doesn't make sense Does it have to be full-blown or like could you have had a bit of mm. you know oh. pleasuring without having to go in? Oh, I see what you're to saying. To try and get around a it. A bit like, of spider for show. Let her yeah. think that, you know, mm. it's going to happen and sort of... Oh, and then leg it. Do it. Very good, yeah, yeah. Very good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, just this bit for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Because look, you're going to kill me afterwards. So, yeah, you know, I'm just going to nip to the bathroom. Just, yeah, 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 just, just yeah. have to be just back in a second. Just the tip. Right, next one is from Josiah Villa, who is uh, based in Alaska. And he says, um, he's wondering, where do players go when Brendan freezes them out? Um, Like I said, he's based in Alaska and he says he's seen no sign of Fabio or Sacco. Any theories on where our frozen out players go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Whatever dimension Enrique came from, that's where (laughs) Roger sends them back to. (laughs) He goes to they go to Enrique's bunker Enrique oh. you have to play oh, PlayStation fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suso, he, Suso's been trapped there Suso is I'd say he has you know like the Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs he keeps Suso <laughs> down a well he does I'd say he puts the lotion on its skin <laughs> that's, that's good <laughs> it's jammers at the moment Balotelli's in there Sarko's in uh, there Chan is in there Jesus there'll be no room to move in the well in fact you could uh, you could probably they're probably eating Suso by now aren't they <laughs> Brilliant, down the well. 
Uh, right, next one is from Dave, uh, David, and David's asking, Andy, what's the best excuse you've ever came up with when you were late for something? Well, obviously, you have to, um, you have to know your, your missus very well and know what she knows. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. like, Ivan May, who's, his missus knows nothing about football, so if he's ever late, like, he'd say, you know, it was a cup game. And it, was, <laughs> it, went, it went on a couple of hours. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And she's Brilliant. Just going, oh, yeah, football, yeah, shut up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> went on a couple Excellent. of days. So, like, so I play golf, you know, so yeah. my mom wouldn't know much about golf. So I'll go home and say it was a team event. We played, we had to play 36 holes. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. Sometimes when he goes out on Friday and comes back on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 36 holes. I've, never, I've never had, like, you know, a, an actual story like that of you, an excuse that I've used. But the people in my work reckon that I've made one up because there was one day I was cycling in and a bird did, like, I mean, the biggest shit ever. Like, this thing hit me in the head. <laughs> it, hit, it hit me in the head, you know, went into my hair. I could feel it going in my hair and all. I could feel it dripping down my neck. I don't know what oh, he was Jesus. eating, like, dodgy curry or something like that. Or I don't know, maybe it was steaks. an al- Yeah, maybe it was a fucking albatross. As, as the steaks, yeah. Or a pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, I went home. I was, like, I could have just taken, you know, the morning off and gone in. But I was fairly upset. Like, I, I puked when I took my T-shirt off and I saw the amount of it that was, you know, down the back of it. So... Uh, which I rang in and I said, I'm not coming in today. I'll tell you this tomorrow why what, what, I'm not. So they were like, <laughs> and I went in and I told them this story. And to this day, they think I'm bullshit and they don't think like, that this giant Could board. Be natural, well, I didn't see the actual board. So maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a fucking a homeless man up a tree or something like that. So, now this was a lot. There was a load of shit. They, like, they don't a believe. A load of shit. A flying horse. <laughs> they don't believe. They don't believe that. Hey, I was fucking like, like I had to wash it all out of me and take it and get stripped and all as soon as I went into the gaff and throw the clothes out. And B, they don't believe that it like upset me to the point where I was like, I'm not going in. <laughs> so what's going on? They they still reckon that like I've made up this story about the big giant board shit in my head, like. But it's not. It, it did actually happen. <laughs> uh, to finish this off, uh, Matt Camp is wondering. Um, he just says hurling. Why does it even? Which I think is why does it even exist? Uh, now to explain, Matt is not an Irishman, so um, he's confused by the existence of hurling. Anyone got any theories? No, I'm an Irishman and I'm confused by it as well. It's absolute shite. <laughs> it's just fifteen inbred blokes with sticks baiting the shite out of each other, and people going on about it being brilliant. It's not brilliant. It's just, it's like a Tony Pulis team with sticks. Like they just hoop the like. There's no, there's no like. Obviously, there's a bit of skill controlling the ball or whatever. But everyone just gets picks the ball up and hooks it up the pitch as hard as they can. And you're just like, oh, he's brilliant at that, isn't he? And you're just like, was he just going into a field and smack it? Like, is that the train and just smack it as hard as you can, as long as you can, as often as you can? That's, it's absolute shit. That, that has alienated a tremendous amount of Irish listeners now because they're, <laughs> they them. they actually believe it's the single best field game in the world you, you've heard this too fastest field game yeah. they'll we, argue it's the most skillful would you not that. see skill Nandy? Oh, of course I actually do I don't have that much disrespect <laughs> 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 but I think for uh, English people seeing it for the first time there's this novelty factor and they just can't get their head around this sport but we're all familiar with the sport since fucking since you know we're, we're children you know yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a mad sport it's a brilliant sport I wouldn't have Personally, you have the balls to play, uh, you know, as an adult, like, you know, yeah. played in school because you don't get hit that hard. It's the men with sticks. But I mean, them. there's nothing. There's 
they think nothing of getting a stick in a face, like you know what I mean, and having sticks broke across their face. Like they think nothing <laughs> of a broken jaw. Yeah. They think nothing of yeah. fingers coming out. Yeah. They think nothing of a, a fracture. Or you know, I mean, if you if you go down in hurling, you're a big pansy. Yeah. And fair play to me. It's it's, it's kind of like other sports could kind of learn from it. Uh, fair. What I what I don't get is that you know if if you say anything bad against it to you know hurling person, I'd like to see you try and control that ball and all like they all they're all especially which guy so I'm uh, women. Yeah, but like, yeah, like that's a, that's like saying you know someone who's never played fo- like football before. That's like you know throwing a ball at them and if they can't control it. Like Messi, who's been playing it all his life, like then oh yeah, you, you're just shy. Like of course I can't fucking control the ball. I've never I've never had any interest in playing the ball. It's just. That's the attitude around it as well. But it the is, fans it are is worse the hardest, sport. Like, I don't know whether you like, played in school or that, but I mean, it was a long, long time since I picked up a hurl, but if you've picked if you've picked up a hurl and a slitter in fucking, say, 20 years and you haven't, it's the hardest thing ever to hit. Yeah, the ball just drops like a <laughs> you, you just, just look like, like a useless numpty. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you ever see people who've never kicked a ball before? Like, you know, you yeah. know, you know yeah. that if you're playing a match and the ball goes over to some fella walking with his wife and he kicks the ball and you're like, you have never kicked a ball yeah, in your life, yeah, haven't yeah. you? Now you look like an absolute sap. Like, yeah. this is going to be a so, Ricky Lambert joke, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, the, but it's like that with any sport. Like, yeah. if, if you can't play it, you can't play it. Like, but there's always this big thing about, like, you know, as if. Nah, I'll, I'll leave it. I'm Phil, not going to alienate any more people. Phil, have you any adages towards hurling? Do you like it? Do you love it? You're not a GA man, eh? Oh, man, I hate the ball games. <laughs> <laughs> the ball games? Seriously. <laughs> You've just completed the job that Paul started. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Best way to end stripper sets ever. The ball games. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what? We're finished with some admin and if you want to play some football in around Dublin, Astro Park's the place to do it. Book your pitch time at astropark.ie. Uh, there are still tickets available for the YNWA Christmas night. And that's got John Barnes, Roy Evans and it's hosted by Pierre McDowell, I think. Um, you can find details about that on our website, lfcdaytrippers.com and you can read the articles that are on there while you're at it. Um, another plug this week for the fantastic We Are Liverpool fanzine, which features contributions from myself, Dave and Phil of the Trippers crew. There's also an interview with some lad called Rafa Benitez. Uh, Neil Poole's quality publication can be purchased at www.weareliverpoolfanzine.com for the frankly ridiculous price of £1.50. And you can avail of all the discounts for multiple purchases that exist there. Man himself will be selling the fanzine in front of the cop for the next few games. Your day trippers tonight were... Cop Ice, Andy Young, Paul Brennan, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Downey. I never figured out it was Cop. These are names of Connor, but they give me no teachers' first names, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I was like, the fuck? So, anyone would say to me, like, you know, why is he called Pock? Like, I, I just used to say, ah, oh, they call him Packet of Crisps. <laughs> <laughs> For years, it was real fifth year, I realised. Can't be called Packet of Crisps. What <laughs> <laughs> his first name is? <laughs> and it's just says Perjury Dope. It's like I knew that you said. Oh Christ! No, no, no! That didn't happen. That didn't happen. On Matt Busby, he ignored the time because he made the time himself. You make it on time. A, a rebel. Make it a rebel. <laughs> Yeah, commitment, character, and he was a rabbit. He didn't suffer fools gladly. 
Hey, Trey Rose idiots out. Me and John are first down the list. That's the way it happens. Feisty. Feisty. <laughs> Rebellious. That's the way it was, my day. I was a great footballer. John there, he was a great footballer. Sounds great. Great. Liam. Great. Liam. Great. great. One of the greatest footballers of all time. But just because they're great footballers doesn't mean they're right. Doesn't mean they're right. <laughs> All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.